Greetings and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas. I hope this week has found you well. Personally speaking, I can't complain. Uh, Physically speaking, I can complain a whole bunch. (laughs) Um, For some reason, my right elbow is just not happy with me or much of what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out what the cause of it is because... I don't know if it's, you know, working out or if it's just how I'm resting my elbow when I'm working or if I've done something or, I don't know, holding my phone weird or whatever. Um, I recently got one of those phone cases that kind of like doubles with like a little wallet in the back because I kept forgetting my wallet. Um, So, you know, I don't know if the extra weight on that is like causing some weird tendon sprain or something. I don't know. It's just been a pain in the butt. It seems to be healing now, but it's, yeah, it's it's taking its sweet time uh, correcting itself and all that. So, um, you know, make sure to do your forearm stretches and icing and, and resting uh, yourselves because uh, this sucks. <laughs> but on much more positive notes, I am, you know, well underway starting the, uh, you know, finishing the layouts and starting the pencils for my next big full issue project and I'm really excited for it. I'm really happy with how things are going and uh, while I can certainly nitpick certain things, there's much more on these pages so far that I am absolutely happy with and I you know, feel like I need to fix, which is always a good thing. It's always a, it's always a nice uh, welcome thing to have that when you're, uh, when you're drawing something. So really excited for that. I've been doing these little vlog style videos. Not a lot, just, you know, I've just recorded basically two so far. But when this uh, project gets going and, you know, we're doing the crowdfunding thing and all that, I thought, you know, having these behind the scenes, making of, kind of talking about why I made decisions I made with the art and all that would be, you know, nice little back matter or you know promo material whatever you want to call it for this kind of stuff and also you know i like seeing that stuff so you know just making more of it myself to hopefully give other people the idea to do it for themselves aside from that i have a couple commissions that i decided to take over the holiday that i'm really excited to finish off um one is a kind of you know more or less standard character versus character commission but it's two characters i've never drawn before um one an older dc character and another i guess an older dc character but who's been much more uh you know used in the modern era so i'm I'm really excited for that uh to finish that one off i have a couple of layout ideas set on that one that i'm just trying to pick which one i like the most i'm pretty sure i have which one but yeah that that's gonna be fun to bust out the old ink ink and nib and and all that and get back onto some actual paper to to do that um my other commission is i'm doing some show art for uh my buddy brian latendry he's doing a new podcast this uh coming year and i'm i'm pretty stoked for it and you know he asked me to do the show art for it and i'll also be a guest on there eventually but 
I'm, you know, I'm not going to reveal what the podcast is. That that's on. That's his deal. But I'm getting a chance to draw some characters I absolutely adore, and uh, the fact that I get to uh, do that now, uh, the younger Don is is really excited to uh, to to get to draw these characters and you know besides in a sketchbook. So yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, I'll be sure to promo the heck out of it when it's time and. I'm sure I'll have Brian drop a little ad on the show here to let you know what that podcast is and where you can find it and where you can listen to it. Brian's a great guy and he's an amazing podcaster. I mean, he literally wrote the book on podcasting quite a few years ago. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that in, in all its shapes and forms. But enough about me. Let's get to some awesome stuff and our recommendations. My comic book recommendation this week is the first issue of the New Vault series, we Ride Titans. Uh, it is written by Buddy and former guest Trace Dean. It is drawn by Sebastian Pires. I think I'm saying that right, or Pires. Uh, colored by D. Cuniff and lettered by Jim Campbell. We Ride Titans is a really fun take on the mechs versus kaiju uh, idea, and you know Trace is a great writer, and you know he's been. Winding, <laughs> I know this book has been in the works for quite a while. Thank you, Pandemic. Um, but the result is awesome. This first issue does a great job building the world around the Mecha and the Titans and uh, the, the Kaiju. But at its heart is a family drama. Uh, I know Trace is a big fan of the Fast and Furious series. And it's kind of cool to see him take... You know, his inspiration from that in terms of the the action and kind of the the kind of attitude those those movies have and they can you know, they obviously do well with you know, how well they're received and you know, how much people love them. But, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of real heart to this book. Uh, Trace does a fantastic job, you know, filling in the characters with, you know, introducing us to a, a whole family uh, for the most part and you know, and the people they're involved with and just kind of, you know, making us know who these characters are right off the bat. Um, Sebastian's artwork is perfect for this book. It's clean, it's dynamic, uh, it's expressive. It's, yeah, I, I'm not, haven't been super familiar with Sebastian's work, uh, though I'm sure I've seen it plenty. Um, but yeah, this, this, this was really, really cool stuff. D is an amazing colorist, so... Their work is, is always top-notch and really brings the whole thing together. But yeah, We Ride Titans is a really, really cool book. The uh, you know the idea of riding a Titan, you know, operating a mecha, it's you know not entirely unlike with how they kind of set it up in Pacific Rim, where you're kind of a pseudo celebrity, you know, you know, like a race car driver or, or an athlete. But uh, in, in this case, this is very much a family affair with this particular Titan. And when the current family member who is operating it seems to be not doing the best job, the uh, our main character, Kit Hobbs, is called in by her family to take over the mantle. And there's obviously a lot of deep-seated drama <laughs> between the entirety of the family with her being a bit estranged from them. Uh, especially with a particular scene that uh, I thought was done really well that I won't spoil here, but it involves 
you know, the contact, the first contact with uh, Kit, her family, and her partner. Um, so, yeah, this was a really cool way, I think, to kind of just lay all the stakes out in this first issue. Uh, I'm really excited to see where this book goes. Uh, the final order cutoff was this week for the book, but I'm sure if you contact your uh, LCS or, you know, uh, comic shop, you can try to get a copy reserved. I highly recommend you do. If you like just, you know, the Fast and Furious movies, if you like kind of like family drama type stuff and just big epic kaiju action, 100%. Check it out. We Ride Titans, Vault Comics. All right, this week I actually have a coffee recommendation, and that is the Boom Roasted Blend from electriccityroasting.com. Now, I was made aware of this coffee by my guest for today. And yes, Boom Roasted is a play on the office gag meme uh, where Michael Scott, you know, after uh, having a disastrous roast of himself and getting his feelings hurt, comes back into the office and just starts insulting everybody and saying Boom Roasted. Um, It is, uh, you know, one of the more memorable things from the show. And the coffee itself is fantastic. Um, it's a dark blend, a, dar- a dark roast. Um, it's noted on the website to have, you know, cocoa and nutty uh, flavors. And I have to say, in terms of a dark coffee, it's not super dark. It's not super heavy. It's kind of a great intro coffee um, for someone who likes dark, who wants to try dark roast. As much as I love um, Rootless's The Dark blend, and it's probably one of my favorite dark roast coffees ever, this is also really good too. You know, it's kind of like a nice in between a medium roast and a dark roast where you can have, you can, you can drink it quite a bit. It's not going to be too much on you if you're not used to that kind of roast. Uh, you know, I, I'll talk about it a bit more in the show proper with my guest. But yeah, it's, it's really good. I've, uh, you know, done my usual trying it a couple of different ways via French press and then drip coffee and, and you know, playing with the uh, the amounts I'm using in terms of uh, grounds and all that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, this is one of the few coffees I think I've tried that I am looking forward to ordering some more. Um, it's not going to take over <laughs> my uh, beloved Rootless Damn Fine daily coffee, but... It's definitely one I'm going to want to have, uh, you know, more often than others, for sure. So yeah, Electric City Roasting, the Boom Roasted Blend. I'm excited to try out other stuff they have based on how good this one is, but I can highly recommend this one. It is really, really tasty. All right, so my music recommendation this week is the 2017 album from the band Dagobah Black Nova. Dagobah is a band I've been wanting to bring onto the show and recommend and talk about because they share a lot of similarities with one of my favorite bands that I talk about all the time, and that being Gojira. They are both French bands. They both kind of started around the same time, and they have a lot of this, a lot of similar influences. Um, a lot of their stuff can be considered death metal, uh, lots of blast beats, guttural vocals, and all that, but what Dagobah kind of 
deviates a little bit from what Gojira does is yes they have like the big grooves and they mix in clean singing some really good clean singing with you know the screaming vocals they also incorporate a lot of electronic elements so they kind of like evolved that way so to speak with what their sound is and their influences and I really enjoy it you know I always like a bit of electronic intertwined with you know my metal uh, at times and they do an excellent job of not only you know melding death metal and almost metalcore type aspects of their sound in with the electronics but they also keep a lot of groove a lot of uh, propulsive motion with the riffs and uh, a lot of great vocal melodies and a lot of you know real just strong strong songs so they have a new album coming out in 2022 which i'm hoping uh is excellent and i'll definitely talk about it if i'm digging it here but i couldn't let the year end without bringing up this band because you know this album came out in 2017 but i did discover them early 2021 so you know i'm I'm glad i did they have several albums to their to their name and they are all varying degrees of awesome and excellent and heavy some definitely highlight more sounds and their influences more more of the deathy stuff more the blast beat heavy kind of things but uh overall you know i've enjoyed them it's you know one of my favorite things is to find a band and like realize they have like a whole catalog i can go back to and just like enjoy so digabut definitely uh fits that bill and yes (laughs) digabut i believe is influenced by the planet from Star Wars. It's spelled differently. There's no H at the end of it, but uh, as far as I can tell, uh, that's another inf- that's another similarity with Kojira taking some sort of uh, you know genre <laughs> named thing and, and taking it as their own. But yeah, I, I really I really dig this band. I'm looking forward to what they're doing. They have a couple singles out for their next album. That one is like, yep, they're doing their thing, and the other one's a little bit of a different. Thing, so but it's still good i'm still enjoying it but yeah black nova is an incredibly strong album uh from the uh you know the well the, kind of an intro tenebra is one of those like intro things so that oh the first track's kind of like a i like intro tracks some people hate them you know i i'm fine with them they can be overdone for sure but you know I, i'm cool with like just like a little instrumental intro thing but uh the uh first actual full-on song opening track inner sun is the song that hooked me with them and of course it's the song i'm gonna play now because it's just it's just a jam it's really good but that's not to say uh there are other songs like stone ocean or fire dies or the grand emptiness aren't just killer and i think they were the first one of the first bands to have a song called vanta black <laughs> after the the blackest black <laughs> uh available to uh, artists to use so yeah um there you go so we got dagoba black nova it's available everywhere here is inner sun
cannot be understated enough the difficulties in creating any sort of content these days, much less uh, content that is of a great quality, much less content that is video-based and on YouTube, uh, and is also entertaining, and most importantly in this case, about an incredibly piece of pop culture media that is just more popular now than it has ever been before. But my guest has done all of these wonderfully, and I am so glad I have a chance to talk to him today. So before we get into the impetus of the YouTube channel Wolverine and the fantastic The Office Field Guide episodes and some of the other kind of cool stuff you're doing around that, Chris, Comics Coffee Metal, what are you digging right now? Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, uh, okay. So coffee. Uh, I know I had emailed you about this a couple of months ago uh, or a month or so ago, but the uh, we just ordered pounds and pounds of this uh, Scranton-based Electric City Roasters, and they have this roast. And if you're an Office fan, uh, which I know you are, I don't, there's a uh, they have a roast called Boom Roasted. And it is delightful. And I'm not a big dark roast kind of guy. So that one's a, uh, but, uh, you know, they could have called it. In, I mean, it could taste like anything. And if it was an office reference, I'd probably buy it. <laughs> but in this case, it True. was really good. True. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a dark roast fan. Like my day-to-day coffee that I drink every day is from a brand called Rootless Coffee based out of Flint, Michigan. And their their coffee is called it's a was a damn fine cup of coffee, mm. uh, which is a play on the Twin Peaks reference there. But it's it's a medium roast, but it's it's a real good daily coffee. But I prefer dark roast. But a dark roast isn't something I can drink all day every day. You know, it's uh, definitely something that's uh, it kind of builds up. So 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 it can get to be a little bit too much for me if I drink it all day. But the boom roasted after uh, you had suggested it. And, you know, I used your special offer discount code at exactly the right time. <laughs> you emailed me about that. Still right available before. for everyone. If you use promo code Mulverine at checkout, you'll get 15% off. I think it is. There you go. And that pretty much takes care of shipping, which is like perfect. Yeah. Um, so, and I drank it and it easily became one of probably my favorite coffees I've tried this past year. It is, it's a dark roast, but it's not... It's a dark roast I would suggest to people who, who don't like dark roasts. Mm. I'm like, try this. I would, you know, my wife's not a big dark roast drinker, but she really liked it as well. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not too heavy. You know, I, I, when I try a coffee, I usually try it two different ways. I try it with a French press, and I try it with a drip. And, you know, that's, you know, that's about as involved as I get with my coffee making. I don't do, like, the pour over or the Chemex mm. things, that crazy stuff that people do. Mm-hmm. which I respect, but I just can't get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's a really good coffee and you should definitely use promo code Wolverine at checkout <laughs> at the electric city roasters. Uh, my, wife, my wife is the one who loves, like she has a deep um, love for coffee and she understands the flavors. She understands the process of how it's, you know, the fruits picked and what they do with it. And, you know, how to create these different flavors. And she's like a connoisseur of the coffee. I just, I just, I just listen to her when she says something's good and it, it <laughs> tends to be really good. And so 
I tasted this one when we were in Scranton and I said, I said, babe, you got to check this out. It's, it's really good. And she, she was, uh, I mean, she was running late to the festival, I think. And so she hadn't yet stopped off for coffee. And she said, Chris, I'm putting a lot of trust in you right now. <laughs> um, I, I just, I just flew to Scranton last night. I haven't had coffee yet. So you better not let me down. And she was, she was uh, pleasantly surprised. She really liked it. Um, so awesome. yeah. And I, we ordered a bunch. I talked to Kyle, the guy that the, one of the owners there for, probably i don't know so many hours of my time at that festival i was just hanging out talking to the owner of this coffee shop and uh, or this roaster actually and you know his so many stories about living in scranton and and everything with the office there it was uh it was it was a ton of fun that's awesome it, it it's especially cool that you know you got to talk to the guys behind it and it kind of it, it creates that extra bit of just i don't know you feel like you're getting something a little bit special, even though, you know, it, it, it's a coffee roast, you know, and you've, you've, you've mentioned this, uh, on our previously aborted <laughs> recording session before Zencaster crapped out on us. Um, you know, you could just slap whatever name on it, you know, whatever, but they chose boom roasted, but I think it really fits because dark roasts aren't for everybody, but, if I was to suggest a dark roast to anybody, it would be this. And the office isn't always for everybody, but it's definitely something you would suggest to someone to watch if you're looking for something to watch because it kind of it, it goes to a certain point, but it doesn't really go past it. And I'm talking about the coffee and the show at the same time. And if if I'm if I'm trying too, too hard to merge these two together, I'm sorry, but it just gets this gets kind of how you feel that way. Oh, I like that. Um, so when you when you drink your coffee, is it uh, does she just basically like put the cup in front of you and said, "Here, here's your coffee," or do you, do you have a preference of how you like? Do you have do you do cream and sugar or straight black? Um, well, I do cream, uh, okay. just just cream. I like uh, like half and half flavored stuff. Um, she she doesn't like any flavored, you know, like special tea coffee. You know, um, Jeremy Renner. Um, saying what kind of bee drinks uh, hazelnut in the tag movie is is maybe one of my uh, favorite <laughs> quotes to live by. Um, so, uh, but but I actually make the coffee in the morning. Um, she okay. has she has trained me um, oh, okay. <laughs> enough. We actually went to a. So this is funny. So this is what old people do for for date nights. We went to a coffee. Um, I don't need coffee brewing uh seminar and uh in St. Louis here and one of the one of the big coffee companies held this event and it was free. And so throughout the night we he was saying, well here's how you here's how you brew coffee in a drip thing or here's how you brew coffee in a French press. Here's how you brew coffee and and you know uh pour over and 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 then we taste tested all of these, you know, coffees. And um you know I remember thinking I, I'm the cheapest man you know, alive and, and I don't want to discourage anybody's <laughs> hobby, but, uh, you know, she said, she said, babe, I think we, we should get one of those really expensive, um, you know, like systems. And, and I don't even know all, all of the stuff that goes into that, but I know that, you know, you have to have the right, um, granule, grain, grain, whatever the, the coffee needs to be ground up to a certain, you know, 
like particle size yeah, <laughs> yes yeah. and the yeah the consistency and there's a whole process to everything and it's it's multiple hundreds of dollars and i was like babe i don't know he 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 brewed that thing on like a hotel coffee thing and i would say that coffee was about 80 percent as good as that cup of coffee could have possibly been every other coffee on the hundreds of dollars of you know, merchandise that they were trying to push that night that was probably like <laughs> 84% as good as that coffee could probably be. I don't know if it's worth hundreds of dollars to get that. <laughs> and she was like, you know what? I'm going to give that one to you. I think you're right. So we just have some basic uh, stuff. So she's trained me well on how to do it. She buys the coffee. I make it. And, you know, then we drink it together. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I I know a few people who do like the... The, the Chemex stuff and they Chemex. heat the water to a certain degree. And mm -hmm. I just, I can respect it a lot. I, I'm all about hyper fixating and getting, getting into a routine with a thing. I just don't, you know, I have two kids in the morning. I get up at 5am to get some work done before the house gets up. I need my coffee waiting for me <laughs> when I get up. Exactly. I don't have time to sit down and, you know, mess with all that stuff. I just don't have the energy for it. Um, my French press is like some, is like a little single serve $10 thing off of Amazon. That'll break mm -hmm. if you look at it wrong. So yeah, we're not, we're not really fancy with our yeah. stuff. And if there's like, you know, she bought like an airtight container for the, uh, for the, for the beans. Um, yeah, that's, you know, important. That like, that's important. Yeah. For sure. So the, like the, the little areas where you can improve the quality and the life of the coffee you get, like that's, you know, We'll invest in those things to make make sure that we can get our, you know, get the best cup of coffee possible without spending hundreds of dollars and, you know, hours of time doing it. Yeah, we, we order five pound bags of our main coffee, and that usually lasts us about five to six weeks, I want to say. Mainly because since I try coffees, I usually have like a one pound bag of various things floating around a couple times a month that we'll, we'll go through and all that. So yeah, having an airtight thing is very crucial to making sure that it, it just doesn't just go bad, which, you know, it easily can. <laughs> yeah. Something to do with the oils and the different stuff. When oxygen touches it, it dries it out. And yeah, yeah. It's because yeah, I've, I've definitely had stuff that was not an airtight thing that when like, well, I better drink this before it goes bad. And it's like, it's fine, but it, it's definitely not all it can be for sure. So well, I, as far yeah. as metal goes, I'm not, I'm not that musically inclined. I knew I was doing this. So I was like, man, what metal do I like? And I don't know if this is like kind of basic to say, but I do like Metallica. Does that, does that count still? Today? 100%. Metallica is still like my all, like my number one band of all time. Okay, great. I don't but here's my thing. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like just straight Metallica. I, I, I love their S&M album with uh, San oh, Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's something about the genre blend and uh, that album. I got, I picked that CD up when I was in, I don't know, like 16 years old. Um, and yeah, I th I, we're, we're pretty close to the same age. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Cause yeah, that came out. I think when I was 17, 18, 17, yeah. maybe 17. And yeah. I, I mean, I would just, I, I would play it. It's still on my, you know, Spotify uh playlist now so it's that one's definitely but then i try to go and l listen to like 
regular Metallica and I, I, I struggle with connecting with that so much. Um, so, you know, that's a, uh, other, but my playlists are like, it ranges from, you know, I'll have Metallica on there and I'll listen to, you know, Ben Folds five for some reason is, is like a popular ben thing. Five is play- great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am like digging some Ben Folds recently. Um, you know, and then, and then real indie folk, you know, acoustic, mm-hmm. uh, playlist, all sorts of stuff on my, I mean, I've my, said uh, this on the Spotify. show. Yeah. I've said this on the show numerous times. Like though metal is in the title of the show and I'm a metal guy and I play metal and I do all these things, you know, I'm just as easily going to be listening to like Tegan and Sarah <laughs> nice. or some synth wave or, you know, whatever. Like I, I, I'm pretty open to, you know, in my top five favorite artists are like Metallica, Johnny Cash, Tegan and Sarah, and like John Carpenter. <laughs> so, you know, well, and those are all different musical uh, genres. My um, number was... one Spotify song of 2021 was uh, Skyrim uh, theme <laughs> nice. song um, performed nice. by the uh, Czech Philharmonic chamber orchestra <laughs> and i don't know why but that's on my video game playlist thing and every time i go to write anything i can't have music that has lyrics in it because it distracts me too much mm-hmm. so my video game playlist is my go-to for for that and it's a bunch of orchestral like things and then number two on there just for fun uh is in the air tonight by phil collins and i <laughs> literally have no idea how that ended up as my number two song it's, there it is you know what? There are far, far worse number two songs to have on there for sure. I think it's because my daughter and I tried to get really good at doing the uh, drum solo at one point over the summer. <laughs> well, I have I have a five year old, two year old, so I don't use Spotify except for uh, a playlist I have for what uh, albums I recommend on the show. So I use Apple Music, and my Apple Music most played for the year is a mix between like death metal, you know, synth pop. And like ABC song by Half Fun Teaching. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, um, well, it, you mentioned the, the Skyrim soundtrack. Do you, have you ever listened to Two Steps from Hell? I have not. They basically make video game music, but not for, vi- but for not a video game. And they just release these albums that are these like epic orchestral instrumental things. And even when there is like a vocal th- it's like a it's like a almost like a skyrim thing where it's like it's just like a like a chanty kind of thing that's not going to distract you or or what have you so if you're looking for that kind of stuff to write to two steps from hell has a lot of really cool stuff cool. um i pulled them up and i'll check them out and i can't i can't uh you know forget to mention that there is a second edition of snm out that they just did a couple years ago that has a lot of the same songs but they also have some of their newer songs that have been SNMified. Hmm. So that you know, if if that helps you out. <laughs> I, but I could totally see like why SNM would be someone's like entryway point and kind of like where they can hang their Metallica hat. Just because at that time, uh James's voice is probably the most uh mature it's ever been and the most practiced and rehearsed and all that. Um, so if you get into like the earlier thrash stuff, it's basically just him yelling. 
So this mm. is when he's the most, his most croony, singy kind of stuff before, you know, he's gotten, he's gotten older, uh, as we all do. And also, you know, a lot of the songs they picked were kind of like the mid-tempo kind of things and oh. not all of them because it, you know, they did master puppets and all that. I really but, like, yeah. uh, ballads. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, like if I'm like, I would probably, I drove home from, Oh man, where was I even? I did so much driving this year. I think I was driving home from um oh maybe Chicago at one point or no, I was I was driving home from Florida and from uh Tennessee up through St. Louis, I put on an 80s rock ballads and it was everything um <laughs> for probably 6 or 7 hours. It was I the the it just kept going. And was it 50% Chicago? It was I, <laughs> so many city names and state names and like 80s bands are are just like a geography lesson. But it was, uh, it was, I really enjoyed it. Um, so something about ballads. And then, like I said, that genre blend uh, with, with the, the, the guitar with the uh, symphony. I had never heard anything like that before. Um, and now everything's like genre blend and I, and I still yeah. love it, but, um, you know, that I had never heard anything like that. So, you know, kids on the football team would, would, you know, play master of puppets from the album and, you know, beat their heads against the locker. And I always thought, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You know? And, uh, <laughs> and I remember going to the store and, you know, they had S and M playing and I was like, Hey, I know that song, but what's the, you know, wow, they got like violins and stuff meshed up against there. That's awesome. So it was the most expensive album I had ever bought at that point. I think it was like 28 bucks. Yeah, it was a double album. Yeah, it was it was a hefty price to pay as a teenager, for sure. Sure was. <laughs> and uh comics, I I haven't so I'm I'm this is also I'm real basic. I I love Marvel. Um I I'm a huge MCU fan. I don't know if that immediately discredits me to uh to people, but um I I the MCU has actually driven me to have an appreciation for comics. My only, my only exposure to comics uh, growing up was the, uh, the comics guy from the Simpsons. Okay. And um, also I think one time my parents took me to a flea market and I picked up an issue of um, predator versus Tarzan. Um, and I didn't like it. So <laughs> that was about it. Uh, so MCU is like, I, I have now, um, there's a, there's a website I go to every, t every time I, I, uh, I want to get, I probably over the last seven years I've, I've gone in and out of it, but, um, I, I dust off my old Marvel unlimited subscription, get on my iPad and I, I read through like seven or eight, like slowly going through the main continuity of, of Marvel um, nice, on nice. there. Yeah. So uh, nothing, not nothing quite maybe. recently though. Um, it's, it's not a judgment call at all, uh, on my end for you saying you like the MCU. I like the MCU as well. I'm a comic fan. I like the MCU. It, I can, a lot of the backlash against it is just because it's so big and popular and such a machine now mm -hmm. that naturally you're going to have the more hardcore people be like, no, this was mine before it became everybody else. Yeah. And it's like, but even now, like when the MCU first started, it was fun for me because you know, my wife wasn't a comic book fan, but she liked the movies. So, I, you mm -hmm. know, after we leave the leave the theater, 
she'd always, you know, so how was it in the books? And we get to have this discussion. I can point mm-hmm. out the differences and we can have this back and forth. And then, but at this point, I don't know what they're going to do. What? That was, they've deviated what? so far we, we from left, the source uh, material. We left Eternals, okay? And, and because I had educated myself so much on Marvel that, like, you know, the last several movies, you know, for, since maybe, like, Thor 2, every, every little reference or whatever, I'm like, oh, I get that one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh, but now we're getting so weird. It's like, you know, at the end of Eternals, you know, she looks at me and she's like, who's that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I go, everybody's like, oh, it's this guy. And I go look it up and I'm like, I don't even, I, I don't even, I've never even heard of this person before. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's just like stuff that, you know, Shang-Chi is so different from the Shang-Chi in the books that, you know, understandably why they had to make some of the changes because they're a little racially insensitive. Mm-hmm. We'll say this, so we'll, we'll leave it there. But like even the villain at the end was like that's not a Shang Chi villain, and you know so it it they've again they've gone so far past the source material that while you can still catch Easter eggs and stuff like that, I don't know what they're gonna do. Like yeah. the Hawkeye show, yeah, it's based on a previous, it's very heavily inspired by a previous comic book series, but it's not the same characters. You know, Hawkeye in the books doesn't have a family. You know, he doesn't. You know. uh and some of these things I'm hearing about this show is like, well, this character wasn't in that arc. So, so it's almost, you know, it's, it's, it's a little more interesting to me now than when it first started, because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. But also on the flip side, I'm also, we have so much of this content from it that I'm also like, I don't need to immediately go out and see it every single time it comes out. Yeah, there's a little bit of a burnout, I think, that's that's probably going to be happening over the next year or so. Yeah, and you know what? To be honest, I think if the if the pandemic had not happened, we would have experienced that. Like, they would have hit that financial burnout from people. There would have been the first, like, not bomb. I don't think any of these movies are going to bomb at this point. But they're not going to be billion-dollar movies. You know, they're not going to... The next Avengers movie, it's not going to top Endgame. Like, I, I would be shocked, you know, if you take away inflation. <laughs> so, heard it here, folks. You heard yes, it here yes. first. But you know, I'm I'm interested in seeing what they're doing. And while I know eventually I'll watch Eternals, I wasn't immediately like I got to go see this because I have no real connection to those characters. Um, and all fun that, fact, so. neither does the movie. <laughs> and there you go <laughs> so it's it's yeah it's just one of those things where it's like i'm so glad it's around i'm glad you're making stuff but it's almost like the tv shows are more you know, are what i'm more excited for it looks like they're hinting at a captain carter animated show i'm in and i'm like yes i please. watched I, the I, captain I carter i watched yeah. the i watched the agent carter live action show so yeah. of course i'd watch it's it's the what ifs have been the only cartoons that I can uh, bring myself to watch. I, yeah, those those were fun to to watch and experience. And the Loki show was real fun and that was great. Uh, I saw an Owen Wilson action figure tonight, and it was twenty four dollars. <laughs> yeah, for like a, about right. for like a six inch. But it was Owen Wilson as uh you know whatever his agent name and mm-hmm. Mo- 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 Mobius Mobius. Um, 
And I, and it took everything in me to not, you know, <laughs> like Cheap Chris was arguing with uh, with with Chris, who needs more stuff on his shelves behind me. Um, and, you know, a Cheap Chris won. I didn't buy it. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, so I think we've got the show questions well covered here. Um, so well, let's, get, let's get down to the nitty gritty. No smooth segues here. <laughs> love it um i can't recall exactly when i first came across your youtube channel wolverine um it probably had to be i want to say somewhere in 2020 i'm pretty sure and uh it just came up with my suggestions i'm like office field guide i'm like oh this is this seems like it's kind of like the uh the the office ladies podcast you know, like, oh, the episode by episode recap. Like, oh, this this could be interesting because I like to have YouTube stuff on while I work and while I draw and stuff like that. And especially if it's about something I know, you know, just like having a show on that you're familiar with, like a dissection or or talking about a show that you that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. It's like I, I don't have to, like, stare at the screen and all that. I can appreciate it, you know, not necessarily passively because I am listening and. Yeah, I do, I, I do the same thing with uh, yeah. video game reviews. I, yeah. I games I will never play, never even heard of. I just like the YouTuber, the way they break down stuff, and I I just listen to it passively. Yeah, yeah. So, what what led you to just starting the field guides and starting? Was the channel started with the intent to do the field guides, or did you just have a YouTube channel for random stuff or some other project you were doing, and you just kind of fell into doing the office stuff? Good question. So I started the channel. Um, so I've I've worked in marketing for quite a while, and so, but I have never marketed anything I have done myself. I've always worked in in a corporate um, uh, corporate sense, and so I've I've in a sense been really curious if I'm any good at marketing because I always look at data and numbers. Um, to understand trends and things like that. Um, and so I started thinking that in the meantime, um, so this is going to sound weird. I didn't know that YouTube was YouTube until, you know, I don't know, 2014. I don't know. So I, in my mind, YouTube was probably like what old people think TikTok is right now. Um, like in my mind, it was just, it was just like people share their videos of their cats being weird or like Charlie bit my finger kind of dumb little videos that just, you know, blah. Um, and somebody, I was having dinner with somebody and they told me about the angry video game nerd. And I don't know if you know him. Oh, I know. Um, I know. Yeah. And, And so I, I was like, wait, somebody has this show. They're just reviewing video games. And it was like, yeah, it's like a whole thing. And so I went and, you know, if I was like, this is amazing. And then I'm like browsing around on YouTube and there's all of this, like, I'm like, people are making like little miniature television shows in their, you know, basement. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. I can do this. I, I love editing, um, which uh, 
you know, then I went into the ideation phase of, <laughs> well, if I was going to do this, what would I do? Right. And that phase probably lasted about I don't know, six years. Um, and so <laughs> I, I was um, it was 2019 and I was, um, you know, sorry if my previous bosses hear this, but I was getting quite bored with work. And I was looking for something to like kind of percolate my creativity and attention. Um, and, and I just, I was like, you know what, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to do this show. I'm going to do a show and it's going to be about movies and, you know, pop culture and video games. I'm going to just, it's going to be a grab bag of stuff. And then I, I was like, well, where could this fall apart at? And, uh, so a little fun fact about Chris is that he is not very um, good at following through with things, historically speaking. So one of the things I had to challenge myself with was, was if I'm going to make this, like, how do, I, how do I create content with any kind of frequency? Um, because I know I'll burn out or I'll know I'll, like, just tire of this, especially depending on how the stats, you know, shake out, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I remember I, I was watching The Office one night and something struck me as like, that's so funny. And I looked over at my wife and I was like, did you get what he, you know, what he said there that and she was like, no, what are you talking about? And she's watched the show as much as me. Um, and, and I was like, well, you know, he said this thing and it was, you know, remember when he said this in like two seasons ago and and she was like, how do you know all this stuff? And I was like, I don't know. Um, and, and at that one conversation, I was like, you know, maybe, I, you know, what would be cool, right. Is, is we could, I could just review every episode of the office so I could do the other stuff I, I also want to talk about, but that's how I would have some sense of frequency and kind of cut my teeth on, on, um, learning how to edit. And I knew how to edit, but learning how to present information engagingly and with, mm, uh, learning how to, how to, whatever, make something enjoyable. Uh, yeah. that was, that took me quite a while, I think to, to, to evolve my style and figure out like, what's the, what's the best way to do it. So that's kind of how it became a thing. It's kind of hilarious to me. You bring up like around 2014, discovering what YouTube is. Cause it's same <laughs> over nice. here. Um, I had when, when did I discover YouTube? Uh, so at the time, I too was bored at my job. Um, I don't care if my old employees hear that; they can go suck an egg. Um, and you know, at the time, I at the position of my job, basically, I was I was kind of like a a, a jack of all trades. There, like they would put me in a department to clean it up, fix it, get it running efficiently and then move me mm-hmm. and i was doing a certain desk job or whatever and i was just going to be like i realized i'm going to be doing this for a while because there's no really anywhere else for me to go so i was really really like on autopilot and just then is when my uh our cell phone plan carrier like we had got, gotten grandfathered into like untold amount of like i think it was like 20 gigs of data a month hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, got a lot of data. It can either like pay, you know, and to, to like get rid of the data because I didn't really use it all to get a cheaper plan. It really wasn't much of a difference. So I'm like, all right, 
what what can I do? And I just like, I was restarting my love of guitar. And uh, I was just looking up pickup, guitar pickup demo videos on YouTube. And I just kind of found all these musicians on YouTube creating these con- this content. I'm like, oh, wait, people like make really cool things on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, was, it was like it was 2014. And like you, I had the same idea, like, like, oh, maybe I could do something like this. Now, not necessarily video, just because I knew my PC at the time could not handle any type of editing of video <laughs> whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But just like making a thing. And that's kind of what the podcast was like. I had an idea for seven different podcasts before I landed on this one and just started doing it. Um, but yeah, it, it was just, it struck me really funny as like this, the time period being kind of the same thing and all that. So you, you, you mentioned you've, you've seen the office a whole bunch of times, obviously, uh, as pretty much everyone on earth has, <laughs> I think. And, uh, but yeah, you, you, you made your plan. You, you found a thing to keep yourself consistent, which is incredibly important when making any type of content is to have that that kind of goalpost or that guidepost for yourself, right? There's always another episode until the, se- the series is over. Yeah. And by then you've done how many episodes and you should be able to like either be like, well, I, I, would, I would think a person would be like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I know mm-hmm. how to structure this. I know what I can do next. Or no, I'm done. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm good. I'm right. good. Yeah. You know? uh, so what what was the... Was it always like the office field guide as like the structure for the show? Because I'm trying to remember the earlier episodes and I know I've seen a lot of your videos. I can't recall if I've seen every single one um, just because there's just so much uh, office <laughs> <There's> content <laughs> I, I've, I've managed to absorb. But you have you have the breakdowns of the videos. You have your, you know what's the deeper meaning, you know? And then I hear Kevin in my head, what does a bean mean? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think if I had any merch right now that what does a bean mean would, I'd need to figure something out for that. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So the basic structure just kind of came out of, of stream of conscious writing as I was, uh, uh, writing my first few episodes, I decided to start with season four because I liked season four and I did not like season one. And so I thought that, you know, if I started with season one, I would burn out really, really fast because I, I didn't enjoy that season. So I thought I'd start with season four. It's short and, you know, because of the writer strike and I it, 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 it's got some great ones. Yeah. And so I started I started just taking notes as I was watching it and I'd watch it again and I'd take notes and I just noticed like, OK, so so how would I organize this? You know, I why well, introduce it and then and then, you know, the grab bag section is just what I call my thoughts. Um, and then, and then oh, I started after about three or four episodes, I was like, wait a second, there's like some kind of really well-written either. I'm way overthinking this, or there are some really well-written like deeper meaning components here that like actually tell a little story, a little moral that I, 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 I mean, some episodes beat you over the head with it. Right. And, yeah, but the office tends not to be. It doesn't really have that. Um, you see, Timmy, what you need to learn is a <laughs> moment, right? That like '90s PSA and '90s and before sitcoms would have. And so, um, but the office has these like really cool little things in there. Sometimes I think I've made it completely up. Like, um, 
uh, the episode where Michael is um, uh, the deposition in season four. Um, so Michael is is being deposed over Jan um, Jan's lawsuit against Dunder Mifflin. Uh, she's suing Dunder Mifflin for sexual harassment due to her uh, breast enhancement surgery. Um, and Michael is, it's this amazing episode. Michael, who cannot keep his mouth, his foot out of his mouth, um, is, is now in this like legal proceeding. And, um, so hilarity ensues, but the B plot is, is about people back at the office playing ping pong. And it's such a mundane little B plot that I, I forget that that even exists in that episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think I literally just watched that episode like last couple days. Too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, it's funny because I had never really thought about, well, why, why are they playing ping pong? Like what is, what's the deal with ping pong? And so for the deeper meaning, I was like, well, you know what that could mean, right? It's like, that's what's happening to Michael right now. He's being bounced back and forth between does he please Jan or does he please Dunder Mifflin, uh, the two big loves of his life. And, you know, um, I was talking to David Rogers, producer, editor, uh, writer of the show. And I said, yeah, you know, I noticed that. And he was like, oh, no, we just had a ping pong table in the back. So they thought <laughs> it would be funny that, you know, the, the crew's back at the office playing ping pong. And I was like, oh, well, let's not talk about that in the show. Yep. So I don't know if I'm making this stuff up. Sometimes I am. The episode well, that aired today, I was like, I don't know. I think Mindy Kaling was just having fun with this one. I don't know if there is a deeper meaning here. I but... was just going to bring that up because I, I had watched that over lunch. And I was like, I was, I was going to say, I appreciate that, you know, you don't force it. Like you, you kind of thought you saw something with the ping pong thing and that doesn't make it invalid just because they don't, they didn't intend for that. You know, art, once it's released out into the world, you know, it's no longer just the artist's intent. It's what people get out of it and what people perceive of it. I like so, that. um, so you, you weren't incorrect. It's just that maybe that was not his intent, but you saw parallels there, you know? And but what I also appreciated was like with today's episode um, where uh, Jim and Michael have to decide who's going to be the manager and who's going to be the salesman now under Sabre. I'm sorry, not Sabre, Sabre. <laughs> nice. Uh, and, you know, you're like, I don't know. If there's, it's it's kind of all out there. And it's like, yeah, it, it is. It's it is what it is. And, you know, it's I think that kind of style from your videos where it's like you're presenting this information, but. You also, you're not trying to bullshit anybody. You're not trying to be like, you're not trying to like make it a bigger thing. You're like, here's what, I, you know, here's what I've seen. Here's what this could mean. Here's, you know, maybe you could take, you would take that from that. So I, I, I really appreciate that style from your videos and that presentation of it. Well, that's cool. The, Thank you. Because uh, also the, yeah. the most guff I get, I, I, I almost, I almost never hear feedback on the deeper meaning ever. I maybe get. I, I can, and I don't read all the comments, um, especially from older videos. I, 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 there's like, there's just no way I, I can't, I can't keep on top it. of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially like older, older videos. And people are like, your opinions suck. <laughs> like, I, you're probably Whatever. right. I was, I was new. Um, but like, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I rarely get feedback on my, 
on my deeper meanings. Like, oh no, Chris, I think you missed this, or I think you missed that. With a few notable things that I feel like at some point I'm going to go back and go, you know what? Somebody pointed out this, and I love this. Somebody pointed out something with the Boys and Girls episode in season two that I had never noticed, and I could, oh, we could write a whole college thesis on it. Um, so there's some great stuff that I totally missed. But most of the time... I get feedback on my rating system, which is just like a simple, like one to five rating. And I, it it like, like blows people's mind that I may (laughs) give an episode that they love a three out of five or a two out of five. And, uh, and it's like, I I need some way to tell people that like, I'm rating on the office curve. So like, you know, a three out of five doesn't mean I think this is like, fine compared to everything that's ever been created in all time it's it's three out of five of office episodes and if i say something's a one out of five it doesn't mean it's like hot garbage awful i'd rather be watching dateline or something it's it's you know i don't know why that was the most boring thing i could think of but you know it's it's this is a subpar office episode and that's that tends to be where i get a lot of the kind of you know criticisms of of the show these days so you know your your channel is one of surprising to myself a handful of office related things that i kind of listen to and breakdowns because i listen to the office ladies podcast because oh fun story about that sorry real quick no no please so so 2019 chris is chris got this great idea to uh to start this uh you know, review every episode of the office thing. I, I've now got four or five episodes in the can, but I did not, I did not publish them yet because I was, uh, waiting till I had, um, all of season four recorded before I, before I published smart. Well, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I could get ahead of the curve and I could, you know, that way I could kind of react kind of down the, down the road. So I was all set. It was, you know, and then all of a sudden, it is like the the whole world goes abuzz with, oh, Jenna Fisher <laughs> and Angela Kinsey are 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 doing a podcast on every single episode. And I was like, do I need to scrap this project? Like, what? I can't compete with them. And you know, I mean, I yeah. I can't. There is no. But I what I decided was it's it's a different medium. It's a different thing. Um, you know, and uh, and so you know that was like the. That was like one of the most, it was the early on blow to the, to the self-esteem, like, you know, oh no, I don't know (laughs) if I should do this. Well, you know, as someone who listens to that podcast, and also I listen to Brian Baumgartner's office podcast, Mm. um, and I, you know, I watch your, your YouTube videos and I, you know, the show's a daily occurrence on, in our household. Nice. It's, they're all different though. You know, mm-hmm. the office ladies one, mainly that one's a ama- that that one's survived my podcast, like limited podcast listening, just because for the most part, I can listen to it with the kids in the car. Mm. A lot of my other podcasts, I can't. There's <laughs> right. definitely been episodes at office ladies where they talk about certain things. Where I'm like, OK, we're not going to listen to this. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. We're not going to listen where they break down uh, if, you know, the time Dwight and Angela were gone fit within the average amount of time it takes to have sex guidelines and stuff like that. We're not going to do that. 
Um, but it's a, you know, it that shows much more of this like uh, you know, it, 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 I I kind of like call it in my head it's like the Marge version, Marge Simpson version of the show, and it's just mainly the Marge Simpson quote. Like, I just think it's neat, and that's what the show is to me. Like, I you know, it's the reactions and the way they talk. They like, it's isn't this neat? Isn't this cool? Isn't this fun? Yeah. Um, it and uh, so so I I. One, I, I have a I have an attention deficit uh, problem. So sorry for anyone who has to listen to me um, because I couldn't listen to me. But I, I, I can't listen to many podcasts like um, uh, it's just it's it's a problem I have. I, I need even if, even if I watch YouTube videos passively, I, I have to have something that I can go. Uh, you know, I could turn my head and it'll look real fast and go, oh, oh OK, that's what they're talking about. Um, so, so I have two podcasts that I listen to, um, and none of them are office related. So, so my, my only issue with the office ladies, the reason I don't listen to it is, is, uh, the little I've heard, I've been like, man, I would dig this. I would, I would totally listen to this. Um, my, my problem is that I, um, uh, I, I, I like all humans am very influenced by things that I hear and, and mm-hmm. watch. And so I know that. I know that subtly I would start incorporating things that they're doing or do things that they're doing. And so this gives me all completely plausible deniability. If there are any overlap, I, I literally, I've, I've listened to their pilot episode just to get the gist of what it was about. And then I think one time I was mowing the lawn and I, and I listened to maybe another episode of theirs, but, mm-hmm. uh, but that was it. I did the same thing. I, I listened to Brian's first one while I was jogging one day. Um, and, uh, and 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 honestly, I, I his voice was so soothing. I couldn't listen to it while he, I was jogging. I, had I was going to bring that it. up. He has such a great podcast voice. Like, oh yeah, it is. Like, and I'm so glad he's because basically his current podcast is basically the extended interviews he did for an oral history of the podcast series that came out like a year or so ago. Mm. And okay, re- so he's not producing new content in there then. No, they're they're doing new. They're he's got new intros and stuff like that. And I think they've come back and talked to people again, but That's for cool. the most part, it's just it's it's the full interviews, which is great because it's a mm-hmm. different thing. It's not an office b- breakdown. You get to talk to like the costume designer in depth about their history and stuff they did, and it's not just episode related. It's really cool behind the scenes stuff that you would hope mm-hmm. to see. And also Brian has, he's a great interviewer as well. And he's now in the beginning of the year, they're going to be shifting to, it's just going to be an interview show with, and doing other shows and talking to other people. And I'm really excited about that just because, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit that a little bit about that before where it's like, you know, it, it it's the person presenting the information. Like if you like them, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. Like, I don't play a lot of video games. I like video games, but I don't really play a lot of them. But I listen to slash watch a lot of Matt McMuscle's videos because he's an incredibly entertaining video game, you know, video maker or whatever with his in-depth stuff and stuff like that. Or Angry Video Game Nerd because some of them are pretty entertaining and stuff like that. And, yeah, so, you know, I, I was just kind of, like, thinking about, like, all these different things I listen to that are around the office and I'm like, why? I am simultaneously like, there's too much office stuff, but I'm also partaking in the fact there's so much office stuff. Sure. And I've been really trying to figure out why, because there's, I can say there's other shows that I have more appreciation for. 
or I would like rank higher on ones I, I like more, like Parks and Rec or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I think what it is about The Office, though, is one, it was kind of the first, right? To, to really like lay a lot of the groundwork for these other shows and some of the absurdist stuff and some of the things like that. But also I think just because it's, it's not perfect, it's harder, it's harder to like, you you can point to parks and recs episodes that, especially in the beginning that were like kind of rough getting their foot, their footing going or like Brooklyn nine, nine, but they kind of find their groove pretty quick and they find their own identity and they find their, their thing and they, and they become a well-oiled machine really quickly. With The Office, it's kind of like they have these really great runs. And then occasionally there's an episode that's a 3.5 on The Office scale. Totally watchable. But when you, you know, cast it against like Dinner Party, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and especially well, as like, you get, to, yeah. That's like what I what I hit on in this episode that I that I had covered today, which was the manager and the salesman one you were talking about. It 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 it's like. It's like episodes like that where I, I going into that review, I even forgot that this was an episode. Like I didn't even, it didn't even, I was like, oh, I've got manager and a salesman next. What is that? Um, and so it was, it was funny. Like when I said the thing, like um, I said, uh, you know, it's, it's episodes like this where when you're just watching the office, like as background noise, like a lot of people do. Um, it's episodes like this where you could just look up at any given moment from your phone or from your laptop or whatever else you're doing chores and, you know, like see something funny happening. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, this is why this show is so good because whatever level of paying attention you're, you're giving it, um, you're, you're bound to find something that is funny. And then there is the deeper subplots and the, the the love dramas and all the different things that are going on there that are all very compelling, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's the shows become like something that and then I also think there's this like um, like a phenomenon like that humans have when we all start latching onto something. Um, and, and so we all start kind of getting on this bandwagon. I don't know if that's quite what's happening here with the office. I mean, the office is really good, um, but there it is. It is interesting to me. I'm still waiting for the moment where it's like we're all as burned out on the office as um, we are uh, on, you know, MCU. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had texted my brother and I told him, Hey, I'm starting a YouTube show. I'm talking about the office. He goes, huh, I'm done with that show. <laughs> I don't think he's ever watched a video I've it's made. It's not done with you, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I never brought it up again. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if he's ever watched anything. No, it's no. You you hit the nail on the head there, and it's and especially the later seasons of The Office, like a lot can be said for the tonal shifts and the the like quality, so to speak. Granted, there are episodes I despise. <laughs> you know, I'm with the anti-D'Angelo crew. Okay. I, I feel that Will Ferrell was like the wrong energy. But and then part of me is like, well, maybe that was kind of the point. Like, mm. it just feels like this is wrong. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts about I, I'm, that. I'm looking that forward that to hearing sequence, your thoughts. Man. 
Um, one of the things I greatly appreciated, though, and I think goes underrated, is uh, I appreciated you naming this person as one of the best side characters, and that is Nate. Mm. Nate saved so many episodes for me just because it's this like he belongs in, in, in that in that world so much, but also he is just a little too absurd at times. Yeah. He's but kind it's, of but like it's, yeah. a kid. He's kind of like a kid yeah. who's lost at the grocery store and doesn't yeah. really know where he is. But then he grew up and that kid is now Nate. <laughs> and he's just he's just like along for the ride of life. And <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, it's amazing. This, every, every every one of his, you know, the jokes, you know, he's he's coming with, like, especially like one of the first ones where he's like, you know, talking about like if there's a lot of people, I just have this thing I can't understand if a lot of people are talking like, like that's that's noise. Everyone has that. It's just like one of those things that gets me every single time. Yeah. And you know, as I've watched The Office n- countless times or had it on passively, so on. You know, I was originally you know team anti Nelly. Hmm. Like I felt that was, I flipped on that now. I feel like she was one of the better characters towards the end of the series, and. Man, because there's two quotes from her that just get me every single time. I think are some of the best jokes in the show. Period. Um, the first I'm one in. is the first one is when Dwight and Jim are helping her in her apartment unpack or whatever, and she says, "I see you've discovered Benjamin. That's what I call my box full of photos of Henry." <laughs> that is just like such a like. I'm just like I'm dying to see when they get to the episode or when you get whoever gets to the episode first. Uh, and and seeing if that's like an ad lib from the uh, from Catherine Tate or not, it's mm. such a good joke to me. I, it gets me every single time. That is good. And then the second one was when uh, Gabe is in. They're all sitting in the off in the break room, and Gabe is talking about a Korean soap opera, and she's like, <laughs> I forget the, the exact quote of it, but basically asking like, is that something, or do you need an Asian fetish for that? And just, and it just, it, it, it struck me as this so much also because there's this metal group called baby metal and they're basically these three J pop singers with this real heavy metal band behind, like this real low tuned, heavy stuff behind them, but they're singing these pop melodies and stuff like that. And everyone for around 2016 or so, everyone's just going nuts for these people, you know, and I have since have a somewhat appreciation for them because what they do, they do it very well. But it, that joke just like, do you, is this really good or? <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway. Um, uh, Nelly, Nelly's hit or miss. I think um, she, Catherine Tate's like a big deal um, in, uh, you know, across the pond. Um, and, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm hit or miss. I'm not sure we needed her. But I no. also don't, I don't, I don't dislike her just for that. I, I don't think she brings a show down. I think a lot of the dislike for her comes from the fact that it was from the, what are they doing to Andy era? I, yeah. And that's his, her plot lines are so intertwined with Andy that it's yeah. like, and also sh- she started as a villain. Yeah. And th- that it like, they, they so fluently like tried to make her. Like they, 
they tried to transition her from that villain to someone relatable in that episode. I think you're you're referring to yeah. um, where where she's somebody says, why is Jim being it was it was a uh, Robert California. I think he's, <laughs> why is Jim being so mean to the magician? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there was a uh, they're, they're, they try to transition her and it's just it it didn't quite work. And so I think it just like then after just after that episode she's no longer a villain she's just she's just there and you know she's part of the crew making it all the way through to the finale yeah um yeah it was um you know, I also think because it's also tied into the Robert California stuff which I don't hate the yeah. Robert California stuff I like I thought it was funny when he was on initially the you know watching it as it came out cuz I'm like yeah this guy's so weird or whatever and now, having seen these episodes so many times, I kind of feel like the people in the office were like, this guy's just fucking creep, man. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> he brings this darkness to the show yeah. that I have always had appreciation for. One, one, also, one of the most darkly funny things to me is, I don't know why, it's just when Dwight goes to visit him and he's just like got a wrestling thing set up in the middle of his living room. <laughs> and he's just wrestling the guy. And it's just like, it just strikes me as so, like. Doesn't he bring out Oreos and say, yes. yeah. and say they have not improved much on the design of Oreos over its lifetime? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like such a tiny apartment for who's someone who's supposed to be like the CEO. That's such a CEO thing to say, though. I love yeah. that line because I, I know I, I talk to a lot of executives and they look for any opportunity to be like. I'm very smart. And here's my smart, you know, <laughs> my smart observation on smart things. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, saying all this now just because yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing your takes on these episodes and, and yeah. things like that. And um, not that you're anywhere near close to being done with the office. And I think the office is still going to be a thing that's going to be, I think this office wave is going to be riding for a couple more years, to be honest. Cause, At least. Or, you know, cause you know, even my five-year-old, you know, if we're flipping the channels and she sees it on the guy, she's like, The Office. And she doesn't get it. She doesn't even watch it when it's, she's like dancing to the theme song. And mm -hmm. then, you know, but it's, it's something that she's like, she's just so kind of used to being on. Like, it's just kind of this comfort food for everybody. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the little safety blanket that. Yeah, you know, I think we're going to, I think the, the big hit will be um, if, if, uh, ugh. I don't even whatever the politics may be. If it ever gets, quote, canceled, um, that would be the like diversity days kind of been, you know, it's been pulled from Comedy Central. It's this or that. And, and I, you know, just depending on how, you know, we evolve as a as a culture and yeah. how we read things that are offensive, um, I think might kind of dictate. Um, you know the the longevity of our office fandom yeah and i'm not sure which a podcast mentioned this but it was brought up that you know they think that you know a lot of people seem to think that the cancellation quote unquote of the office has kind of been mostly avoided just because of it's kind of presented as a documentary hmm. and those things are very much seen as of the time and how do you cancel like a documentary mm-hmm and to mm -hmm. be honest, like the diversity day one, it is offensive in a lot of ways, but it's also like, it's not, 
it's highlighting how how ignorant Michael is. It's it's not necessarily done out of like, you know, out of a mean spirited thing. The one that I think doesn't sit well with me with most is the Benny Hanna Christmas one. Mm. That's yeah. the one I think that probably deserves the most criticism. You know, um, the actress actually commented on that video of mine. Um, did she? I mean, it. There's possibility it wasn't actually her, but I don't know who makes up that they're that actress um, because it was right around that time that um, she had made that TikTok on, um, on a, well, TikTok. And uh, it, it then became a huge kind of news story. This was probably January of this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Basically she did not have a great time on the set. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it, 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 I was like, that could be her. Cause it was, it was probably about two weeks later she had made that TikTok after I got that, after I got in that email or that text. Oh, so it's your, oh, so you're an impetus. She saw your video and she's like, you know what? This was bullshit. Like, <laughs> really, guys, you know, I'm defining the office. You're an influencer. You're a tastemaker. Yeah, I'm an influencer. Yeah, this is what's happening here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I remember kind of debating over that because I'm so, you know, if you watch my stuff, I, I'm not a, I don't take, very many political takes on the show. Um, if, if the office makes a political take, then, then I may address that. Right. But, um, you know, that's not, that's not the goal of my show is to be like, Hey, you guys need to think what I think. Um, so, so, you know, but it was almost impossible to not deal with that issue of, of, um, Michael's kind of racism. That's not, um oh what's the right it he, it's not dealt with right it's 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 just a it's a you know i couldn't tell him apart ha 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 good laugh and move on um it's not painted to look michael to make michael you know seem like a jerk it's almost played for a laugh and so yeah. um you know I, but i think conversely i i think it is supposed to be played for like Michael's not supposed to, he's not supposed to come out of that looking like he's, you know, a, you know, not racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's a mix. It's definitely played more like, isn't he an idiot? Yeah. As opposed to, wow, that's pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty far now, down. The there. one that always made me cringe was in diversity day, but it wasn't the, it, it really, it wasn't the, um, it wasn't the, the, cards on the foreheads bit or, or or the Chris Rock stuff. It was it was Michael has this line about how why he didn't put Arabs on the in the cards. And it, it's so uncomfortable the way he he handles it. It's got it's just it's just it's if they took that line out of the show, I, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> like to me, I'm like, I don't know, man, because that one's that one's borderline, I think. Um, but you know, again, on the other hand, I'm not really for censoring comedy, so I, I guess you know, this is the problem people have with my show is I, I hedge too much, and you know, also it's be no different here. I mean, again, again, it's a show that has flaws. It doesn't hit every note perfectly, and you know, that's can be said a lot for 
ourselves and the people we know and, and our own personal experiences. Like not everyone we know has behaved exactly 100% politically correct or sensitively to every, every other person. And so, you know, you, you could chalk it into, it's just more of a, a mirror to our experiences. And that's probably one more, also one of the more endearing things to the show. And, you know, even going so far as, you know, even though they went into weird directions with it, like even like having Jim and Pam, the perfect sitcom couple, eventually have troubles. And they kind of need to, like, work through that and all that. that. That's a real thing that happens. It's not, you know, all they got together happily ever after, you know, right. uh, though, you know, you could make your comments on <laughs> how they presented that and. Uh, your and your opinions of that, I think just it, it's a statement for the show in general. It's it served it served you know to be more of a mirror than it probably intended to for a lot of people. Um, especially when it becomes like one of the problems I had for the show with with the show for a while was at the end was like we're all a family and it's like you guys have backstabbed each other. You guys have like. Like the the scene the, the episode where Jim's trying to get uh Phyllis and Stanley to cover for him mm-hmm. and she's like, Of course we're gonna do it. We love you guys. It's like, weren't you just like at each other's throats not that long ago? Right. And like Stan like what when, when is Stanley gonna agree to do more work? Like <laughs> Right. But it's like you just take it with the conceit because I think it just it it almost kind of started becoming this proto version of these shows like Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, that have these casts who are like, are like families and are not, you know, are friends who are like family and they, you know, are always there for each other, even though they, you know, don't always see eye to eye or make mistakes with each other. So I think I can go, I can kind of, even though I can say, I, I feel like those shows are probably, pound for pound in my opinion like tighter and funnier overall the office has such it's it's kind of it's the first right it's it's and i'm not trying to discount the uk version of the office but the u.s office is definitely its, its own thing at this point we're in well, america yeah. right now so yeah know. yeah if they got they can come over and <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. settle it with over, i that's been like one of the things that I have found really interesting doing this show is, is is how many of the original people working on the U.S. office had such an affinity for a um, office. And I think I've said it in some video at some point, but uh, I'm not a big fan of the U.K. version of the office. But after reading one of these books um, and, and kind of hearing Ricky Gervais I always say his name wrong. Sorry, everybody. I'm not trying to disrespect the man. Um, but trying to like Ricky's perspective and why he created the show, how he modeled it after these like reality shows of the time and that they slipped it into broadcasting amongst those other shows. And so people at first didn't know that this was a comedy that was being written and produced as opposed to a reality show. Uh, it changed my entire perspective on you know a rewatch of that of that you know the especially the first season and so i really i don't enjoy that show but i have an appreciation for it now but it always 
it, it's always odd to me when I when I everybody's got this like, oh, I love the 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 fir- you know the original. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So great. It's a it masterpiece. So, yeah. Yeah. It was funny when I talked to David Rogers, um, he, he was the editor for all of the office. I mean, it was him and another yeah. uh, person. And he, he said, he said, Oh yeah. Somebody asked me to do this show. I, I, I never watched the UK version. I, I didn't. So I didn't. And I was like, cool, cool. <laughs> You're the first I've talked. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I tried watching the UK version and, you know, I don't Gervais, whatever you pronounce it. I, I don't care for the man. Um, Hot tip: <laughs> use subtitles. Ah. Um, it definitely helps. Now, my only pull for the show is because I love the other cast members. I think they're all great. So I'm like, I should probably give it another try again. And I think when I was going to try to give it another shot, it was pulled from mm. Netflix. I think it's on Hulu now. I don't know. I watched it on Amazon uh, last last year when I had COVID. Okay. Um, So I was probably not in the best frame of mind to be be watching the show too. So might have might have influenced it. I tried like three or four times prior to that, but but the last time I was like, no, I'm I'm watching this whole thing. All right. So we've talked a lot about how you know the breakdowns of the episodes and things like that, but you're you're starting to do some cool new stuff with regarding the office. And all that, and that is your true crime docu series about the Scranton Strangler. Now, I've watched some of each of the episodes you've released. I'm kind of waiting. I know you don't want to hear this because of algorithm. Somebody said that. I'm kind of yeah. Somebody else said that to I'm, me today too. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting till it's all done to, to kind of to kind of like watch it in one go or have it on in one go. But what was that something you had gestating for a while? to do like a, again, a true crime docuseries on who is the real Scranton Strangler? Great question. Fun story. Okay. So, so, uh, when I was first starting my, when, you know, in the ideation phase of, of doing this office channel, um, this, this YouTuber, Chad, Chad Nisha had made this, um, like a eight minute long video about all of this Scranton Strangler timeline stuff. And um, it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, uh, Chad's stuff is always top notch. He's great with graphics. And um, yeah, so so um, I thought, wow, that's so cool. Like, I aspire to that level of nonsense um, some point for my channel. Like, I want to be able to tie together all of these little details and come up with these, you know, theories. So I had, I have produced at this point, like, a series like a like a like an office um lesser known office theories uh part one um that are just I f- little obscure office theories um i thought it was a neat idea compelling uh the office the theories are kind of dumb uh so if you go to watch it you're not listen you, you know uh you know these are cold from the internet and like little reddit post and different things so but i thought it was interesting enough idea and that video has done really well it's it's uh you know done done very well so i followed that up a few times but every single video i've put out there i i say oh and toby's not the scranton strangler let's move on (laughs) so we go into the we go into the uh into the thing i get more over over that one little line um 
that uh, that that I was like, man, I got to do a Scranton Strangler video at some point. But everything's been done. I mean, uh, go type Scranton Strangler into into Google, and you're going to get like 17 BuzzFeed articles from the last seven years. They just keep producing the same blog post, but they change it up just a little bit. Um, or you know, put it into put it into Google search, and you're gonna get you're gonna get like 52 different videos about who the Stranglers. So I was like, I really want to give a take for that, but I don't have, um, I don't have, really. I mean, like, it, the only thing I could think of was, uh, let me just produce everything. I will I will literally painstakingly present every theory every facet of every theory about who the Scranton Strangler is. And then I thought, no, that video is going to take like, you know, an hour. And I was like, I don't know. Sometimes long form content does good on YouTube. Maybe, maybe that would be good. And I was, I just kept thinking, would I watch that? I'm not, (laughs) I don't think I would. Like I, like there's only so long I could, I think that could hold my interest. So I started thinking, well, if I did this, like, what would I, what else would I do if it wasn't, it wasn't that. And I started thinking, well, maybe I'd break it up into different parts. I could focus on, you know, this character, I could focus on this character and do a series on each kind of theory. And then I, at some point I thought, you know, I think my wife was in, and I I love that woman. I love her so much. She (laughs) loves to watch crime dramas and she loves to watch, uh, she loves to watch and listen to uh, true crime stuff. And both of those, I, I absolutely, I can't, I cannot, uh, the procedural drama stuff on TV, the, the, I, I just can't get into that. And then, um, true crime, even more, I find bizarre because these are like real humans who have gone through things and we're just like, yes, I'm so intrigued. Like, tell me more. And so at some point I, th- I thought like, man, how cool would it be to have like a true crime series about the Scranton Strangler. And then like that one little thread, I started pulling that like, man, what <clears throat> could I write that? Like, and I'm not a creative writer. I mean, I've never, I've never attempted creative writing, I should say. And so, you know, I fictional, I guess, creative writing. And so I, uh, I started writing like, okay, well, what would I do? I'd have to have this character. I'd have to have this person. I'd have to have to do this. And I, and I started, so I just, dude, I wrote and every single part of this project now is like, been so much fun um you know writing it was was a blast like i'm just like laughing to myself like oh that's hilarious and, and then uh you know and then and then got i all of these people in this video are just my friends and so um you know some of them <laughs> have better acting chops than than others <laughs> and uh but that's part of the charm i think and i uh you know it, it's like um so getting to hang out with them, filming stuff, you know, as, as was, was a blast. And then, um, you know, editing, I love editing. It's, it's like, that's my, that's my canvas. And, you know, I get to, I get to, I get to, that's, that's the part of this I really do enjoy. Now, as long as this thing is, I think it'll probably be a little over our, um, total. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's taxing, right? I mean, it, but it's, the whole thing is just like a labor of love. Feedback's been really, really good on it. Stats have been low. Um, not really where I want them to be. But, you know, uh, I always hear creators say things like, oh, I, you know, I would, 
I, I love this. I'm passionate about this. I, I would make this even if no one watched. Um, I really do feel that uh, with with that particular project. Like it's 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 something. I want people to watch this and go, "Who has the time to make this kind of thing?" <laughs> and if if I get someone to say that, then in a positive way, hopefully, um, you know, then I've then I've done my job because. Uh, going back to that Chad Nisha video, um, you know, I, I, I aspire to that level of absurdity. Um, so if you're watching this and you like the, you know, theories and are listening to this and you like theories like that, this true crime thing is, is, is a blast. We dissect everything. Well, I can say as, as a viewer, and as I mentioned before, I watched parts of them and one, they're really well done. Like there's these types of videos that people do on YouTube where they try to, you know, do the satire of, of, of a thing. And some are not so great. And, you know, this one is really, really well done. Like you said, you said editing is your thing. And I think that shows like you, it's very, very good. It's just, you know, I'm kind of like the person who's like, I, I'm kind of impatient. So if I can't have it do it all at once, kind of thing. And by the time this episode drops, the fourth and final episode will have been released already. So you can go check out the whole thing and help <laughs> uh, bring up the stats on that. And help all that. bring up those stats, guys. Help me feel a little better about give it, myself. Give it a thumbs up, you know, share, <laughs> share some links, get that engagement going for it. I guess you can dislike it now and I won't even see it. So, you know, YouTube's like blocking that, which I guess people are upset about. I don't, and, I don't and know. And having spoken to other YouTubers, you're like, I don't care if people dislike the videos. It still counts as engagement for the algorithm. Yeah. Doesn't, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> so, I assume that's a problem more with like, you know, sensitive vlog type people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, no, we don't need to talk about that. But yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's such a fun take on the whole who is the real Scranton Strangler because I've seen quite a few of those videos mm-hmm. and some of them all of them are pretty much like you said it's just regurgitated versions of the could it be Toby when it's obviously just not <laughs> when it's when it's very clearly George Howard Scub um, I swear the reason I said that it's not Toby like in every one of those videos is because the office seems to go completely out of its way in the narrative to like just tell all of these people on the internet it was George Howard Scott. Like he got strangled in. I'm not giving away anything no. in, in the true crime. This is not how it ends. It would just Chris being like, but oh, it, yeah, in an actual show. episode, Toby gets but strangled. In the actual <laughs> episode, he gets strangled. Now I wrote my way out of that, and I and 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 I loved how that one turned out. But uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's it's, yeah. Okay, so let me say this. Every episode ends on a stinger, and the fourth one that comes out tomorrow night, I we're doing a live premiere um, for it. Now, the, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I mean, I've done a few premieres for videos before. There's maybe like 40 or 50 people on for a video that then down the road has like a million, you know, views. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know what to expect you know, with yeah. this, it might just be me and my friends who filmed this thing on the group chat tomorrow. But when the when everyone who's watched the ending of this has been like, oh, my gosh, Chris, that was incredible. So <laughs> not to boast myself, but I'm like, I was writing that and I was like, <laughs> like, 
Okay, so Parks and Rec, you're familiar with that one. I, I'm always like, uh, you know, uh, what's he? Andy says, uh, Macklin, you son of a bee, you did it again <laughs> when he solved a crime. Yeah. So I'm like writing this and I'm like, ah, oh, Chris, you son of a bee, you did it again. <laughs> uh, nice. I, so if it disappoints, yeah, I mean, send, send your hate letter and that's fine. Um, it, it, but, it's not going to disappoint. I think people will really enjoy this. And again, the episode won't be up for the premiere, but I'll do my best to do my part and share a link to it and let people know on my Twitter and all that to, you know, check out the series. And it's really fun. And then you can always go back and, and watch the whole thing and then subscribe to Wolverine and yeah, watch all the cool office field guide episodes because it's, it's one thing to, you know, have watched the show a lot and kind of know a lot about the show, but hearing your take on it and how you break things down, it's very entertaining. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, finding that nice little nugget here and there of things. Maybe you didn't notice, maybe you did. And you're like, Oh, you got that too. And yeah, mm. it just helps develop a, a new pre appreciation for things and, and all that. Um, Somebody left a comment the other day that said they like to, Listen, they put on a Wolverine playlist as they go to sleep at night because my <laughs> voice is soothing. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I that, think that, that's, that's um, nice. Um, I'm not sure you should fall asleep <laughs> listening to my voice, um, but, you know, that's good. That, that is. I mean, I'll take your ad revenue while you're sleeping, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Um, that That is a thing since doing this podcast. Like, I know I, I know what my voice sounds like. It's a bit nasal. I'm in, I'm in the I can tell my EQ curve I'm in the low mids. It's not to me it's not it's not the most pleasing voice to listen to but I've had a lot of people say like oh your voice is perfect for radio oh, I think your voice your voice is perfect for this yeah no I I think it's great and I, um, I, I, all humans hate the sound of their own voice yeah. it's like some sort of biological you know I, I've gotten past the point to where it's like oh I, that's what I sound like when I'm recording mm. so now I think I'm just kind of used to it but it's it's always funny to me when someone's just like oh yeah it's you know, it's it's kind of soothing or it's kind of nice. You know, I'm like, and of course, I've also had people say like, "You're too laid back for a show about metal." I'm like, it's not really a show about metal. Okay. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Hey, guys, welcome. And you're like, yeah. like, man, I don't have the energy for this shit. <laughs> Channel your inner uh, Brendan Fraser from Airheads. Yeah, exactly. Even then, he was pretty right? laid back too. The well, Steve Buscemi. Remember, but the Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, you um, you know, it's like <laughs> what, what? it's been so long since I've seen that. It's like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, that's cool. That's cool. So before we wrap up the show, um, is there more stuff you're thinking like who is this, who was the Scranton Strangler? Is there more kind of content like that? Or are you kind of taking a little bit of a break, seeing how this kind of settles and deciding what you're going to do next? Not that you don't have a ton of stuff to cover, uh, coming up in the future, but on top of that question, is there, you know, thoughts to what happens once you're done with the field guides once you're kind of done covering what you can with the office is like other shows you're thinking about or is it just not now man <laughs> so so the so the the uh true crime oh no did it happen excuse me no i'm okay. fine um uh, sorry you can edit this out i just i was like i'm gonna yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so the true crime series was a 
uh, it was just a standalone idea. Um, the feedback I've gotten from it has been so positive um, and so good, uh, but the stats aren't really quite there. So we're going to watch how that plays out. Um, and uh, the stats are really kind of, I have, I have to, as a creator, trust that YouTube knows what they're doing, right? So if I make good stuff and people don't watch it, you know, um, then, then that is a sign that, you know, I, maybe that's, maybe I think that's a home run and that's cool, but maybe that's not fishing where the fish are. Um, and so, uh, we'll, 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 we'll play it out and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't have much more of that fictional true crime stuff, um, in the pipeline, but I enjoyed making it and writing it so much that, um, I, I already have like three or four different series that I could, um, do something similar with that. Maybe not as robust as four episodes. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, that's always a possibility down the road. Um, starting in 2022, I have, well, actually starting next week, hopefully I have a pipeline of different content outside of the office while still doing these office field guides. So awesome. Um, still going to do office field guides every week, um, as long as time allows, um, and, and really whatever the content pipeline allows. Awesome. Well, as someone who is not only a fan of field guides, a fan of the way you present things, I'm looking forward very much to what you're doing next. Um, yeah. thank I'd you love again. To talk about more community. We got, uh, you know, Brooklyn nine, nine, um, good Parks and Rec, mm -hmm. uh, good, good place. Yeah. I was gonna say, are you a good uh, place fan? I I have a psych thing behind oh, okay. me from USA I, Network. I, I have to get into that show. I hear so many people love it, and I definitely have to give that a shot because it definitely sounds like it'd be up my alley. Skip a few seasons, okay. um, <laughs> uh, you know, because you know, mid two thousands is a uh, got a very distinct style, um, but uh, you know. Skip a few seasons, watch, and then and then you know then go back and watch the the original stuff. But yeah, uh, so I got anyway. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of stuff I think in the in the pipeline. I'm hoping to produce more in in 2022 outside of the office. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you again for coming on. If you could let everybody know now where they can find and support you online, uh, now's the time. Yeah, so just go to YouTube, type in Mulverine. It's M-U-L-V-E-R-I-N-E. Um, it's just a nickname that I picked up a long time ago. It's a play on my last name. Um, and you'll see a, uh, a caricature of a white bald guy with a um, uh, open with a beard and uh, like an open mouth smile thing. I don't know why that's what I chose, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> it was me, so I went with it. Um, and you can find the same kind of handle on, on a few different social media, but I, I don't post much out there. Um, I, I'm going to try TikTok, I think more at some point, but, um, you know, I just, I'm not very active on social media in regular life. And so my brand isn't really either. Uh, I would take that as a good thing <laughs> yeah. as someone who's a chosen career path of making comics kind of almost heavily relies on social media if i don't have to <laughs> it's probably mm. for the, it's it, it it would probably be for the best there'll be links to all of your websites and channels and patreon and all that in our show notes 
Chris, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Comics Club Metal Podcast. Please be sure to join me next week with my guest, the multi-talented writer, musician, and podcaster, Anthony Johnston. See you then.